0: Welcome to the podcast, everyone. Uh, Really excited this week. We are only a few days away from the Boundary Battle of Alberta that pits the Calgary Flames against the Edmonton Oilers alumni, obviously. On the Oilers, you have Doug Hicks, Rob Brown, Jeff Delorier, Mark Fistrick, Louis DeBrusque, Fernando Pisani, Corey Cross, George LaRock, and Ethan Morrow uh, going against... Dana Murzen, Mike Commodore, Mason Raymond, Jamie McCown, Matt Stajan, and they just announced Theo Fleury. And uh, for the kids, they got both the mascots coming, Hunter the Lynx, Harvey the Hound. And I'm really excited to announce that I'm going to be doing uh, in-game hosting for it. So I'm going to be running around uh, with the crowd in between periods, you name it, I'll be there. So really excited for this. If you haven't got tickets yet, what are you doing? I mean... This is going to be a great, great time. If you're, uh, you got the kids, bring the kids. It's a family event. If you don't have kids, it's got a bar. Come have a beer. All the money's going to Project Sunrise, and I think it's going to be a really good time. So they got uh, the noon game right now is not sold out. So make sure you stop by Boundary Four and get tickets. Or Saturday morning, come down and hop in line. I'm sure you'll be able to grab a ticket or two. They also have from 9 to 11. On Saturday morning, an autograph session. I think it's five or ten dollars a poster, and then you can get everybody's signatures from nine to eleven. So make sure you guys stop uh, uh, stop out and support this great event, guys. All the money's going to Project Sunrise. I don't know how many more times I'm going to say that. And if you don't got tickets, get up off your keister and go down to Boundary Ford and buy a couple tickets. Next, Factory Sports still looking for somebody out there. They're looking for you. What are you doing? Or they're looking for your son, your daughter. If you uh, got somebody looking for a job, wants to work with a great uh, group of guys, Factory Sports is it. They know sports. Get them down there. If you got somebody that's interested in getting involved in the sports world, now's the time. Factory Sports, they can apply with their resume by either stopping in or emailing factoriesports.taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R, at sastel.net. Next, Vic Juba, Theater. They uh, they got Ravine coming in here this coming Wednesday. So October 2nd is uh, Ravine the Hypnotist. He's supposedly phenomenal. They still got tickets available. If you want to get some, they're only 35 bucks a piece. That's a steal, guys. 7 o'clock show on Wednesday. And it's super easy. You want to buy some, just go online. Go to CA, and everything's set up there so you can just scroll through, click it, and uh, pick up tickets, and then go to the the um, box office, and grab them when you go to the show, right? It's fully licensed. It's a beautiful theater. If you've never been to the Vic Juba Theater, I highly suggest you go. Uh, It's a great little spot here in Lloydminster. T-Bar 1 Transport is also looking for some work. Maybe things are turning around in the city of Lloyd. Um, They're looking for a couple of Class 1 drivers. They start at uh, anywhere between $20 and $30 an hour. Now, that depends on experience. And so if you're looking for work, you're out of work, you're a truck driver, they're looking for guys. Now, obviously, if you got some good experience, that's going to help you. But regardless, if you're interested, send uh, your resumes to dispatch at tbar1.com, tbar1, spelled T-B-A-R-1.com. All right? So if you're looking for some work, there's people out there that uh, are looking to hire currently. So that's cool. All right, the IHD innovative question for you today. Keep on the lookout during the episode. You could uh, win two tickets, be put in the draw to win two tickets to the show at Vic Juba with Ravine this coming Wednesday. So if you answer it correctly, just make sure you fire off an email or track me down via social media and uh, we'll get you hooked up, all right? I haven't done any shout outs in a while. And I've had a couple of cool ones come through. A buddy of mine from high school down at Bow Island just south of Medicine Hat, Curtis Clark, threw this one at me uh, this week. He said he finally listened to uh, the interview with Cy Campbell. And he said that and that, that was cool. He goes, that is one humble man. And I agree. If you haven't listened to the Cy Campbell episode World War II, I highly suggest you go back and, and give it a give it a listen. It's highly entertaining. Next, Jason Mitchell wrote, I've listened to quite a few episodes and all have been entertaining. Standouts for me so far have been Corey Cross, Greg Buchanan, Shep, and the Biking Across Canada episodes. I couldn't agree more. All those are fantastic. Thanks for uh, thanks for reaching out, Jason. And finally, Enwin Sunderland uh, put on Twitter, been wanting to listen to the Sean Newman podcast for quite some time, but wasn't available on the, my podcast app for some reason. Checked again, and it's listed. Heard great things about it and suggest you farmers give it a try this fall season. Lots of great local guests. And I should give a shout-out to all the farmers out there. Hopefully she stays dry for you boys and this rain just disappears because I know uh, this is tough, stressful times when it when it keeps raining off and on like it has been. Now, this week I had Dion Foster on, and he is a local kid from here in Minster who has uh, done what most people don't do. He uh, gave a hockey and started reffing. And not only did he start reffing, he became a pretty dang good ref. And now he refs almost completely with the WHL, but he's been to international, or I should say like Royal Bank Cups, not international, national championships. Um, he's refed all through the WHL playoffs, and so his resume is becoming quite impressive. Anyways, we sat and chatted about all of his reffing uh, stories and his career up to this point. And so, you know, without further ado, boys and girls, enjoy. So welcome to Sean Newman Podcast. Today I'm joined by Dion Foster, uh, local reffing legend, or quickly becoming. So I'm really excited to have you. I was telling your brothers uh, that I've been kind of like hassling you now for probably like four or five months because yes. I've I've had enough hockey guys on. <laughs> I've had enough guys who've done multiple aspects of the game except for a referee. Yeah. And so I'm really excited to uh, have your perspective and um, just kind of get your story and how you get into refing because refing is not a career many choose. And we were just talking about it. rightfully so. There's a lot of you gotta have really thick skin, and you probably have to let it roll off your back, uh, because a lot of people are very opinionated when it comes specifically to hockey, but all sports. So thanks again for uh, hopping on.
1: No worries. Thanks for having me. I'm apologize for not coming sooner. I know you've been texting me for probably yeah, like you said, four months. So eh, you're a busy, guy. Super got, excited. It's it's really cool to share this aspect of this of hockey, really, and a lot of guys won't ever hear this side of the story. Yeah, so. yeah, it's really cool. Yeah.
0: How was uh, your wedding? You got married this summer. Yeah,
1: wedding was awesome. It was uh, June 15th. Um, it took up most of our winter planning for it, so that's why we haven't been able to come on, but uh, it was awesome. It was a day I'll never forget. Um, having everyone there was phenomenal, so.
0: Yeah, right, right place, yeah. Uh uh Wedding is one of the, mm. I mean... I can't speak for everybody else, but I fully plan on having only one wedding. Oh, for sure! <laughs> and uh, it's like one of those days that is so much buildup. Yeah, so much work goes into it. Hundred percent. And then you get there, and it's a fun day, but she blows by, and then you're like, "Man, that was a lot of planning for like what twelve hours?"
1: Oh, for sure. We it's it's actually almost depressing because like. We want to go live that day again, but yeah. it just won't ever happen again. So for that same you, exact day. So. did
0: you get like all the video and pictures and stuff like that? Or? Yeah, we
1: just we had a videographer had a video done and everything, and we actually just got our pictures back I think last week. So yeah. it was it was awesome to see those. And and honestly, like we drive in the car and we hear a song that played at our wedding, and it like just brings back memories yeah. and stuff. And it's and it was only like two months ago. So
0: so are you the guy then? Who hops on his honeymoon two days after? Or no. have, you haven't gone?
1: <laughs> we haven't gone. So uh, we actually the weekend after our wedding, one of my good good buddies that I ref with in Emmetton got married in Kelowna. So you we use that for I think we we're there for four days, just used it as a little little getaway. But uh, we planned this winter to go somewhere, maybe Mexico or something. Yeah. Once it once it's miserable up here and stuff. So
0: I was uh, a short little story about our wedding. We got married, my wife's from Minnesota. So yeah. uh, we got married in Minnesota. But in August 2nd, 2014, yep. it was our five-year wedding anniversary this year. Nice. Congrats. Uh, <laughs> shout out to my wife because she's the best. <laughs>
1: Mine too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and so we got married on August 2nd, and I am the firm belief if you don't take your honeymoon like right after, yeah, then it just, you just get, life gets busy and then it's oh, like, for three, sure, I got yeah. too many friends that are like three yeah. years later and they're like, ah, oh, maybe we'll take a honeymoon finally. Yeah. So we went to Mexico for 10 days in August. Oh, Nice. Let, let me tell you how hot honeymoon. it was my yeah. eyelids sweat <laughs> the backs of my knees sweat
1: yeah no doubt
0: i am a polar bear yeah <laughs> and in the best of days in canada i sweat yeah. down there i melted yeah oh, but i sure. still enjoyed it yeah so make sure you get on your honeymoon. that's
1: like it's kind of short story. Is brody just got married last august in hawaii mm. so we're like well why the heck are we going to hawaii in august but uh kind of a sad part of the wedding was was hurricane there um, so we survived the hurricane, the wedding ended up going off, but yeah, it was like 38 degrees every day, and it was just, it was it was amazing, but so hot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, you can't so, fathom that heat up here, yeah. can you? Yeah, 100%. I but, mean, right now I'm depressed, because it's August, and it feels like it's like oh, October. Yeah. yeah. Right? Like, it's cold right <laughs> it's now. It's miserable. You're staring at me, I'm wearing a hoodie in the studio, or yeah. in the studio, like I'm, I'm kind of chilly. 100%. Okay, let's get to it. So sure, let's, yeah. let's go back to when you're younger. Yep. Yeah. Um, you started playing hockey, I assume. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, I like, I know I graduated with one of your brothers. Uh, your brothers are very talented hockey players. Yeah. I assume you're on 100%. the ice all the time with them. At what point then do you go, you know, I just don't feel like playing hockey. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. I mean, growing up with
1: three older brothers, hockey literally was our life we I remember playing on the driveway playing in the garage playing in the middle of the road in winter um unfortunately being the fourth of the of, of five you end up being the goalie most of the time so you get pelted with the tennis balls but uh <laughs> hockey literally was our life um I started hockey just like every other kid played through through you know initiation novice up through bantam I never was like the best kid it wasn't the worst but I mean I loved hockey, loved playing, and that's all I just wanted to be out on the ice, right? Finished bantam hockey, and I just, you know, I just wasn't having fun doing it anymore. Um, Do
0: you, just curious, what what was not fun about it anymore?
1: I think I don't know if it was. I'm just a really competitive person, and maybe playing a hockey and not the elite hockey. Um, maybe the other kids weren't as competitive, didn't you know care as much about it and put in the effort. Okay. Um, but it was just i just wasn't having fun you know I that after that last year of bantam you know going into next year into the midget i was just like i wasn't excited to start playing hockey again i wasn't i wasn't getting the itch to get back to the rink and play um also at that time i was going into grade 10 made the senior team for volleyball at the comp in lloyd here so you know it was, it was i kind of had to make a decision i could have made it work with both you know playing hockey and volleyball but at the end of the day, I kind of thought to myself, there's a better chance potentially down the road of getting a scholarship through volleyball or something like that than ever doing it with hockey or anything like that. So. I made the courage de- courageous decision to pull the <laughs> plug on the hockey career and... And go play some and volleyball. Go play volleyball at the comp. I mean, it's, it's very rare. Grade 10 makes the senior team and stuff, so...
0: How did you guys do in volleyball?
1: Uh, the first, first year, we made provincials. Um, unfortunately, we never did win a game at provincials. Um, second year, we never made provincials. Third year, we made provincials again. And unfortunately, we still didn't win a game there. But volleyball is different in the cities because... They play year-round in the city. Um, we play for four months of the year, What? what that's pretty uh, much it. So. You know, it's,
0: I'm going to sound really dumb yeah, here no, because I'm good. married <laughs> to a volleyball player, and I still don't know yeah. what the season is. What, what, uh, what is the four-month season, then, uh, for the so comp we, or lawyer? Yeah,
1: we start in September, beginning September. Then it usually – I guess it's only really three months. It usually ends in November. So, so I mean, at the comp, we were, you know, we were playing three days – or practicing three days a week and then gone Friday, Saturday, Sunday for tournaments, so – um, to be able to fit hockey in there was, would have been tough. yeah um thankfully I made that decision to quit hockey. But okay
0: so <laughs> you're, you're playing volleyball yeah had you been and you're playing hockey now you have yeah. quit hockey and you're talking about volleyball yeah Is it right there you decide oh maybe I want to stick around hockey and start refing?
1: Yeah it's I still think back to this day of when when I made that decision because it doesn't really stick out to me but it must have just been one day I was like you know I'm gonna try refing and I loved hockey so much Um, I loved being at the rink being around the guys and stuff but I just I felt like I knew I was gonna miss it So I was like why not try roughing Um, I'd always again growing up with three older brothers and my sister and playing hockey all the time I remember Reffing street hockey games and stuff, going out. All my brother's friends are there, and then they wouldn't let me play. So I'd stand there and ref and call penalty shots and stuff. And <laughs> it was, it's wild. I remember playing mini sticks in the basement, and we'd have, it'd be me, Brody, and Tyler, or something, and we'd play against each other. Then the person that, wasn't playing had to ref it and stuff and I remember refing those games so That's I don't know funny. if funny you're,
0: you're giving me a memory of fashion. yeah like... okay, so I'm the youngest of five Right, okay, I, got, yeah. I got three yeah. older brothers an older sister and then myself and yeah. I was too small at times and I put that in parentheses <laughs> yeah. right so I'd sit on the couch and ref and gotcha, uh yeah. I remember doing yeah, that. That, that that was fun it yeah. just
1: it stick it stuck with me for you know till this day and I don't know if it's you know, if that made me want to ref or not, but like, it's, it's
0: something that I do remember. So, yeah. So where, where did you, re- do you remember your first game you ref? Because yeah. at that time you would have been then what, 15, 16? I would have been
1: 15, yeah. I think it was, I'm pretty sure it was, I think it was like a Pee Wee B game, like a Sunday night at like six o'clock, like, um, I think it was, it was at the Multiplex in Lloyd, but I think it, we did a two man game, I believe.
0: Nerves? So. Nerves?
1: Oh yeah, I was scared shitless. But uh, it was almost like exciting too. It was like starting that new chapter. Like when you you know get a new job or yeah, you know, yeah, go to yeah. a new school or something, it was kind of like this is a new adventure that like, I get to try out.
0: So. I'm curious, what um, I was saying this off air. I don't know a whole lot about the refing profession. Yeah. If anything, I, uh, I laugh that I'm talking to a ref, right? Because <laughs> I go, the refs around here know when I first got back, well, I'm a, I'm a competitive guy. Oh, for sure, yeah. And uh, at times, emotion. Dictates me on ice. 100%, that is, yeah. I know every, everybody. Every players. The same. And the only thing I try and do is at the end of every period slash game, I try yeah. and talk to the refs calmly. At the end of the yeah. game, try and shake the hand because no matter what, I mean, you guys do an amazing job. Because without you guys, there is no game, oh, right? For sure. Like I mean, hundred percent. And you're making tough split section yeah. decisions, and when it goes against your team, you're always fiery about it, especially 100%. if it's close game, right? 100%, like it's hard yeah. not to. Yeah. It's just but, that competitive nature in everyone, right? But I'm going to ask probably very beginner-level questions. Yeah. What did you have to do to become an official? Like, was uh, it a long yeah, training? Okay, yeah, a- yeah, for sure. Like, when I first started? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh,
1: when I first started, it was a two-day clinic we okay. had to take. Um, so it was actually upstairs, the multiplex. I think there was probably 40 or 50 kids in that, in that clinic. Funny story is my wife. Uh, her dad is actually my first... Referee instructor for a clinic, so really? yeah. So refereeing is kind of in her family too. So, but I do remember he was the he was the instructor of that clinic. He he used to ref for I think thirty or forty years. Oh wow. Um. So, but yeah. So it's two day clinic. Um. You do everything from you go through the rule book. You learn what an offside is. You learn what an icing is. You learn where to stand. Um. That's probably the biggest one, uh, positioning, especially at the younger levels. Most most like. Obviously, I knew what an offside in icing was. Yeah, um, you know, you know what a goal is, what a penalty is, but there's so many rules in the rule book that like apply to cert to every rule, right? There's so many offside rules and everything. So at that level, you're just learning the basics. Um, you learn what happens if, you know, if there's a match penalty on official, you learn what happens if the zambo, when he breaks down, what, what you do or whatever. <laughs> right. So little simple things <laughs> like that. Right.
0: How thick um, is the, the, the handbook of refing?
1: Um, paper wise, it's not, but actually getting in and reading it, it's, it's mind blowing the amount of rules that are actually in there. And the funny thing is you sit back and you or her, you sit there and you read the rule book and you're like this had to have happened for this for rule this to, to be in, in this rule yeah, book, absolutely. right? So it's like, it's just mind-blowing um, what's actually in that rule book. But I mean, everything that's are in there, and obviously for our job, we're supposed to know it front and back, right?
0: So, yeah. So then every year, I assume you have to take a refresher course yep. or every level you go up, you have to take
1: a new course? Yeah, 100%. So the way it works, so kind of back to that first... My first clinic, you do. It used to be two days. You do uh, all classroom stuff the first day, second day. You actually take your skates and helmet and whistle and stuff, and you go and you you know simulate calling an icing, simulate calling an offside and stuff, and positioning and whatnot. But once you get up, uh, they've actually changed the clinic system now. It's only a one-day clinic. Um, the th- The idea of it is to it's to help get more officials out, um, get more officials to take the clinic and stuff. So. You don't get as much training, um, but at the same time, the more officials you can get through the door and get their certification, then um, it helps. But after that, every year you have to recertify. You have to rewrite the test. You have to, you know, yeah. rewrite, redo everything. You have to sit through an eight-hour, eight-hour clinic and whatnot. So, even if you've been doing it for yeah, even if you've been doing it for thirty yeah, years, for 30 continue years, to you have to do a clinic every year. Uh, re-up. You know, you pay your fees. We do have to pay fees to ref, so it really? seems kind of weird. But um, why why do you have? It, to pay it fees? covers honestly. It covers like your insurance through Hockey Canada. It covers all the zone stuff. So all the hockey zones are split into sections and okay. everything. So yep. all the administrative stuff, all the you know, we have a chairman stuff, just help pay for that stuff and whatnot. So a little bit goes to Hockey Alberta and everything. So it's just our basically registration fees and software fees and stuff like that. Okay, yeah, yeah,
0: that kind of makes sense, I guess. Yeah, and then
1: obviously we have to write a test every year. Um, You've gotten very good at that test? Yeah, (laughs) in a regular clinic, it's just a multiple (laughs) choice test. Um, But once you get through the ranks, it's actually, it's called an SRD exam. So it's asks a question and it says SRD at the end. SRD means State Referee's Decision. So it's it's a lot harder than just a multiple choice because you actually have to get you have to write it out and explain exactly what the ruling is. So um, we have to write that every year. Every year it changes questions and whatnot. So that's where you know you get those questions that you you see and you never think will happen in a game. So
0: yeah, yeah. I'm curious then how how was your uh, how was your first couple years reffing? Like was it that serious back then <clears throat> when you were in high school? I mean you're going to high school, you're playing yeah. competitive volleyball, yeah. and now you start reffing. I assume full-time yeah I don't, I don't even know what full-time means. yeah so it's,
1: it was kind of when I was playing volleyball we usually I, th- I think our tournaments usually were Friday Saturdays so usually the only during the first three months I would ref would be Sundays so you know I'd play volleyball Friday Saturday ref Sundays uh, but at that age I had no idea what where I could go with it you know it was just kind of oh I'm making 30 bucks a game 40 bucks a game it was nice in high school you know all through yeah, a little winter spending a little, cash. yeah a little spending money and stuff but um that was basically it I mean there wasn't really any weekday games so you would just be reffing all weekend through the winter and stuff and you know having fun with your friends after after games on Fridays and Saturdays and going out and whatnot but that's that was basically it I mean luckily for me obviously if you've met some of my brothers you know they're six foot four six three <laughs> six two right so I was actually it's very unheard of but I was you know I was lining junior B at 15 years old I was linsing senior at
0: 15 years old and well know. I remember when I first came I mean this would have been a few years after you started cuz how old are you now I'm 26 or just turned 27 actually Just turned yeah. 27 yeah. I old. came I came <laughs> back in my first or second game in Saskelt with Helm on you were yeah. linesing.
1: Yeah I was actually driving to out here I was like I'm pretty sure that uh, Sean played in Hillman when I was refing there. So. Just right when I first yeah. got back. I think yeah. it was
0: only maybe the first, m- yeah, maybe the second season. Sense. Yeah. You weren't, because uh, you didn't do it very long and you were gone and you were on to the what I consider, you know, <laughs> the next level yeah, for, for refing. Sure. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. But, uh, yeah, honestly, growing up in this area to get into refing is, it's, it's a gold mine out here. We got, you have all the levels of hockey. You know, you have Bantam AAA, Midget AAA tons of senior we even went into saskatchewan and did senior right we always registered in both provinces um so we actually had velcro on our jerseys we had to switch our crests all the time oh really yeah so we paid like a i think it's like a 20 affiliate fee so that we could ref in saskatchewan as well so it was there was you know there was four senior leagues around that we could ref right uh junior b the northeast junior b league there's what eight teams six six or seven teams out here um there was senior AAA when i was refing here right so yeah. there's tons of hockey and not a whole bunch of officials right it's such a spread out area it's not like edmonton where you know there's three thousand officials right in the middle of edmonton right that's so right yeah it, the what, opportunities uh, are endless
0: what is with the what is the number on your back signify do you uh, get to pick
1: that no it's actually everyone asks that question um it's given to you um I don't really know the whole reason. I think it's just to be like it's almost like a pride thing. You what, know, what all the players t- have numbers. So what
0: number are you? I'm um, 128. 128. So yeah. you're not like the 128th official. No, no, of so something.
1: It's it's kind of like a unwritten rule that all the referees are double digits. Most of the referees are double digits, and then the linesmen get there's triple there's digits? a lot more linesmen in the league. That's why. Okay. The difference between you don't see triple digits in the Q and the O, um basically all the teams are so close there that they don't have as many linesmen in the Western League you know it's so spread out over four provinces right so there's a lot more local linesmen everyone has a different number so they've reached up to there but kind of cool story with my number is Corey Lundquist uh he's Lloydminster guy he used to lines in the Western Hockey League as well fortunately can continue with health issues and stuff but I actually got his number so it's kind of kind of a cool story another Lloyd boy getting that number so it kind of kind of special I guess you could say but yeah yeah yeah, yeah.
0: that is really cool yeah, so really you were looking around the studio and yeah. you see what I've done I've oh, put up all sure, my yeah. jerseys do you have a room where you just have all your different lines I actually from all
1: the I was just telling my uniforms? wife, cause we're still we're still renting a townhouse so we don't actually own a house yet but I'm Hundred percent gonna have a bunch of jerseys up on the wall and stuff too. So, every, <laughs> in the Western League, we get a new jersey every year or every other year. Sorry. Okay. Um. So this year I'll get my third one. So I'll have I'll have an extra one to throw up on a wall somewhere and whatnot. Do they
0: so. do jerseys? Uni- uniform jersey, yeah. whatever you guys jersey, call. Yeah. Do they change that much?
1: Uh they don't. So we actually with with refing and when you're refing minor hockey, you have to supply everything. Um. So you have to buy your own jersey. You have to actually pay for your own crest to put on it and stuff. You have to pay like three bucks for the Hockey Canada crest and five bucks for the hockey Alberta or whatnot. But you have to change the crest whenever they change the crest and what and everything. So um, but they've they stay the same. The, our Western League jerseys are quite a bit different. They're more of the pro style um, you'll see, but the standard hockey Al- Hockey Canada jerseys the same as, you know, what they wear at Foot Locker basically. So <laughs> Just r- long sleeve. <laughs>
0: I've reft a couple games in a rec tournament, and yeah. I tell you what, you guys are a special breed. Even <laughs> in a rec tournament, you get freaking cat oh, yes. for anything. yes. 100%. What was the first game situation yeah. where you made you question, maybe this is going to be too much, or, you know what, I, I, I don't know, something along that lines yeah. where you had to take a breath and really think about it?
1: You know what? I've always thought about that and I you know I hear some guys that say you know I've just had enough of this and I I honestly don't think I've ever had that situation um I've obviously got yelled at I've obviously you know coaches I remember throwing water bottles across the ice and you know in certain leagues and stuff in certain places but I've never once like said you know what I've had enough with this I just I almost find it as like A relief to go out and ref and just you get on the ice you let everything else go in the world you know you don't worry about anything going on at home you don't worry about anything at your job you know you don't worry about anything you just get to go out and enjoy hockey so i just i've never really had that experience of like screw this i'm done
0: part of part of it is is a calm demeanor you have a very calm demeanor on the ice uh actually a couple guys that when i announced you're coming on had sent something along that lines, right? Yeah. Like basically the best linesman I've ever had in a hockey game. Oh, and part of <laughs> part of that is is just yeah. your, your demeanor. And there's a lot of good linesmen like that that just yeah. have a very calm, not too much rattles them.
1: Yeah, and that's as a linesman you almost have to be like that because you're so you're so involved with the players. Um, you're by the benches all the time. You know, when a guy takes a penalty, you're escorting them to the penalty box. Yeah. So you're the one that's always like. If he's yelling at the referee for a penalty that, you know, he may disagree with, you're the one calming him down. You're the one trying to, you know, keep his head in the game so that he can go out and score or something, right? So you you almost have to be, you know, when a coach is yelling on the bench, you're right there in between him and the ref usually, right, or something. So, you know, you, you learn to deal with that stuff through calmness and, you know, bring them down down a level, you know, when there's a scrum after a whistle, right? you don't go in there bull, bulls a blaze you, you know, you calm everyone down. Right. So you prevent them from doing something stupid. What um, is the stupidest <laughs> thing
0: you've seen on the ice? Maybe not stupid, crazy. It doesn't matter. What's, what's the thing I would say, that sticks out? And i
1: actually wrote it in my notes is it was a, it was a game up in Hillmont. I don't know. Of if, course you're going to throw yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know if you were playing there. I, I was trying to remember what year it was. I think it was 2009, 2010, maybe. Okay. Um, I think it was a Vermilion. For Rock. For all the listeners, then I yeah. was not a part of yeah. this. Yeah, so maybe even 2011. I'm trying to, I was trying to remember, but um, it was Vermillion Rock was in town. And I remember there was a hit into Hillmont's bench and the door was open. I think the forward door was open or something. So the gate right next to Vermilion's bench. And the Hillmont guy hit Vermilion's player into, into the, bench, the bench. And so he was laying on the floor in the bench. And obviously, you know how, you know, guys get when they're, you know, get excited. So players <laughs> on the bench are punching them. I actually think the coach was even getting involved in it. He, probably, he thing, probably deserved yeah, it, right? the craziest thing is <laughs> all of a sudden, we're trying to get there. And then all of a sudden, the the Vermilion coach is, is coming in the bench. And the Vermilion coach is actually in Hillman's bench, you know, trying <laughs> to push players off and stuff. And, like, it doesn't seem crazy, but to be a part of that, like it's easy breaking up guys on the ice with skates because you can actually, like, push them, you know. It's yeah. hard for them to stop and resist you or you can hold them. But when a guy's on shoes in a bench, like, <laughs> what do you do? You grab them by the coat and then they're going to punch you or something. So I don't know why that's... I asked you that
0: question. As soon as it, you mention <laughs> it now, they're going to think Hillman on and but, it's uh, a, just a bunch that, of goons.
1: Of all the stories of, like, you know, crazy stuff happening, I'd say senior hockey is 100% the most, Crazy league. The craziest stuff I've seen is in that league. Whether you know, Saskalta, or I don't even know what leagues around here. Battle River is even that a league anymore? Or I don't even know if North Battle- Sask River.
0: Yeah, like they they uh, come and go. Used to be Wild Goose and, and Wild what, Goose. Yeah. yeah. So. so did you ref the Border Kings back? Yeah, in the day Yeah, I did do too? the Border
1: Kings back in the day. Um, actually, the year that I don't know if the year they were hosting the in Cup. That was the year both my brothers played. Yeah, uh, two thousand. So uh, that would have been two thousand eleven. 12 or 11 I think um because that was Brody's first year back I believe from playing college hockey yeah I saw he played and I actually yeah was on the ice with both my brothers and it was actually it was it was a cool experience it's kind of weird but uh so you
0: got to ref an Allen Allen cup
1: I've yet to do an Allen cup but you got Uh, to ref that
0: team that team playing
1: yeah playing so did you did you
0: throw a couple of them in there
1: you know, it's, I always get that question. It's, you know, do you have a favorite team out there? Or, you know, do you, do you ever pick sides? And honestly, to be able to do that as an official is actually harder than to actually just go out and ref the game to actually go out and like have a grudge against someone. Cause at the end of the day, it's your reputation on the line. So if you're clearly making a call and if you know what's the wrong call, there's a good chance that, you know, 15, 20 other people in the rink know what's the wrong call and they're going to remember that. Right. So I always get that, you know, refing your brothers, you ever pull <laughs> favors and stuff. But honestly it's it's so hard to be able if to I do that. If I ref my
0: brothers, yeah. I'd be the complete opposite. I'd be like, You're in the bin. Get yeah, but at,
1: at the end of the day it's like, what what leg do you have to stand to do that, right? So I, don't know. I actually brothers. remember I actually remember my with refing Aaron one day <laughs> one game. It was like three minutes into the game and I can't remember he didn't take a penalty, but someone else took a penalty and he he wheeled by the ref, and are you fucking kidding me? That's fucking terrible! And boom, he got a ten right away. And I remember skating him, <laughs> skating him to the bench and, and to the Pelly box. He's like, "What? That's it? That's all I got? That's that's all I said? That's I'm getting a 10? I'm like, "Man, you can't do that after a penalty. Like, go up to him and talk to him after, right? Like, it's it's that emotion that they players don't think they're doing anything wrong, but as an official to stand there and hear it, it's like instantly, right? You you don't." You're not always in their head. So, yeah, it was, it was, kind of, it was pretty funny.
0: Here's a question, and uh, it's funny that it comes off your brother getting a 10. Yeah. But we are saying uh, before, maybe off air, that a part of hockey specifically, but other sports as well, yeah. is the abuse of an official is something yeah. that is just commonplace and allowed. And I go, if there's some things they could do to clean up, you know, the game, they're, they're really focused on hits yep. and fights. 100%. Those two, two are huge. Yep. But uh, you look at the abuse that officials are under, even if they ref the mm-hmm. greatest game. Yep. And that goes from little kids hockey all the way through to the NHL oh for sure and I know as you probably yeah. jump levels it probably it, I, I well and you probably answer this does it get better as you jump levels as you went from senior yeah. and midget AAA, Bantam AAA, yeah. Bantam whatever and Lloyd yeah. and now you're in the dub have you noticed that the abuse is less or 100% less
1: um, I'd say it's not at the higher levels it's not abuse it's more of at the end of the day it's the coach's full time job it's the GM's full time job. You know, the players are trying to make the NHL. Yeah. And it's more of a professional approach to it. So they're more asking why. You know, why did you make that call? What, you know, if it was a judgment call, what makes, why did you call that so that they can adjust their game to it so it doesn't happen again? Okay. Um, obviously, there's going to be situations, you know, when they disagree and, you know, they lose their minds. But at the end of the day, usually at the higher levels, if the coach is losing their mind, usually something was wrong, you know, I'd say probably half the time it was, you know, sometimes they're just completely wrong and off the deep end, but at the end of the day, you know, it is, it is their job, so they got to know why that's happening so that they can adjust their, their game to it, so, um, but at the younger levels, I mean, it's, that's probably my, if I had a goal in life to, you know, help out, and try and find a solution to the abuse on officials, that would be my, you know, my prime object objective in life, is I can't stand, you know, as a more elite official, I go and supervise supervise younger officials and teach them how to get better and stuff, and just sitting in the rink and hearing the things that parents say, especially in, like, a Atom game or, you know, a novice game even, you know, parents are yelling across the ice and they don't even realize what they're saying. They're just doing it because they think they have to, um, but it just it bugs me so much.
0: You think there's is there something we could do to to change? I, I, I honestly, I think
1: I think it has to come from, and I'm not saying throwing anyone under the bus or anything. I think it has to come from the associations. Yeah. So I think like you know your minor hockey associations in the cities and stuff. When stuff like that happens, and you know referees report abuse or anything like that i think minor hockey associations have to take a stand and really you know suspend them for a year you know suspend their kid right then if if your kid's going to get suspended because of your actions then maybe you should take a look at what you're doing right but um at the end of the day too i mean as as at some of those levels it's younger officials and honestly they don't sometimes know how to handle it well, and, i would say
0: that they really don't know how. that's the I think scary that's, thing
1: and the scary thing with that is really then it falls on our our side is we need to teach these officials when stuff like this happens what you can do and i think that comes from our standpoint it comes from you know my the association standpoint and but at the end of the day we shouldn't have to do that you know what i mean like it's a it's a game that everyone's supposed to be going out and having fun with. Well,
0: speaking uh, just to talk for a few minutes about like the young officials, I've, I I don't have kids yet playing there yet. Yeah. Right. So I haven't I haven't uh, been able to witness it, but I've heard about like yeah. I don't know 13, 14 year olds getting yelled at for a call they made in a mm-hmm. Adam game a novice game yeah. and you're like you know you can try and put whatever. Um, penalties or rules in against parents and stuff yeah but man wouldn't it be just nice if their co-worker or their friend just leaned over and said man the kid's 13 mm-hmm. he's trying to rap. Yeah. like just relax Understand. right and like, that's-, that's 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 a group of people in a yeah. rink and somebody out there there's some ref listening to this right now yeah. laughing at me because oh, they sure. they've dealt with me on yeah. the ice and i get into it just as bad as anyone right yeah. i get heated yeah and when i get heated Stupid things come out of my mouth, right? It happens. It happens to the best of us. And so I know for parents, there's probably some parents going, "Eh, "Yeah, it happens to me too from time to time." Yeah. Yeah. But to have, you know, like just so commonplace, I don't know. I don't mind uh, some sort of (laughs) implication if they're yelling. I just don't know how you implement it. And that's
1: and that's I think that's what the biggest struggle is too, right? And. You know, everyone's talking about, you know, you have bullying in schools and bullying, you know, on playgrounds and stuff. But at the end of the day, the most of the parents or most of the coaches that do this yelling are constantly doing it. They're, you know, when there's a hockey team, everyone knows which parent's the one that that does it, right? So it's just as much everyone's fault to let that parent do that. And, you know, I've been sitting there in games and I've, I've wanted to so many times go up and say something, but even I don't, right? So it's like who's going to take that step and do that right and that's what that's the hard part of is am i willing to put myself on the line to stop this right and obviously like i said it's my objective but at the same time it's like what's the implications of this going to happen so it's i might sound like a hypocrite but at the same time it's like I also feel like I shouldn't have to be the one to deal with it, right? Like, you're a 45 year old adult yelling at a 13 year old that's been refing for three games, right? So, at the end of the day, who knows, <laughs> right? It's kind of like that long well, and question,
0: The other right? thing, uh, even if it's a 40 year old you're yelling yeah. out on the ice, yeah. right? You go like, it's not like they're full time refing, right? 100%. I don't, I, I could be wrong, and you know the answer to this. Yeah. How many, what level do you get to where you just ref? Uh, usually
1: like American League or NHL. Okay. Yeah. So
0: you got to be pretty yeah. damn good. 100%. Yeah. So right now you go and you ref every weekend and then yeah. what are you doing Monday to Friday?
1: Uh, so I'm actually, yeah, I have a full-time job. So work 40 hours a week. Um, I work for a company called Fastenal in Edmonton. Okay. Uh, so, you know, we sell construction industrial supplies. Um, I'm a general manager, so I'm running my own branch and everything. So... Frick, really. I mean, so you're a busy so man. So, 40 hours a week and then... While you know, the rest
0: of us go and sip beer yeah, and put our feet up on... Yeah, the,
1: so it's, it's tough because, I mean, when I was going through school and, you know, university and everything, it was easy, right? Yeah. You know, work have class till 2, go home, nap, have a game at night at 7, right? So, um, yeah, a lot of times I'm working 7 till 4.30, 7 till 5, and then going straight to the rink and repping a game. So, it's, it's a different aspect that a lot of people don't realize because... Everyone thinks of junior hockey, right? Like, all the players, you know, they come for a morning skate, go yep. home, have a nap, have a pregame meal, right? Get to the rink two hours before, you know, stretch for half an half hour. An hour. <laughs> run around the rink, play <laughs> sewer ball or whatever they play. And, you know, we're we're rolling in, munching on Subway, trying to get some food <laughs> in us before we have to go ref straight from work, right? So, um, it's definitely... What is,
0: what is some of the things that go on behind in a ref's room that are just you know are an inside joke (laughs) with refs or i don't know there has to be something uh
1: honestly it's 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 such a unique a unique group we are um i mean we call it kind of call ourselves like a brotherhood right whether you're a hockey official in you know in sweden or a hockey official in canada you know you're all part of the same group but honestly once we get in the room it's it's a lot of bugging each other you know making fun of each other having fun you know taking jabs at each other but we you know we do warm up and stuff we play wall ball it's called
0: okay Um, what's wall ball
1: wall ball it's basically we just hit a ball against the wall and you all go in a rotation you know the whole crew is playing and the person it can't bounce twice so the next person goes and then you know if they if they miss it or whatever, then they get a point. Yeah, First yeah, one yeah. I to five I got points is yeah. out or whatever. Yeah. So we use that as like a warm up to kind of get our legs moving, especially after a road trip of sometimes you know six hours, an hour or whatever. So, but other than that, I mean, we're only there usually an hour to an hour and a half before the game. So some I, some guys like to stretch and some guys like to run. But
0: what is your home rank? And I put that in quotations. Is uh, is it? Uh, I'd say Rogers. it's Rogers
1: and Edmonton. Yeah, it's what a what a rank that is. It's it's phenomenal. Uh, everything from, you know, we get to park underground, you know, so when it's minus 40 out, you know, you get to roll inside and um, everything. You can from, feel kind of what the yeah, big time like, is. You don't have to wear freaking a winter parka. You can, <laughs> you know, leave your coat in there, walk in in a suit looking all fresh and stuff. So, but everything from, in that ring from like the security staff, like to, you know, the the Oil Kings, uh, like uh, not equipment guys, but dressing room attendants that, you know, bring us towels and stuff like the Zamboni guys in that rink, like it's just it's top notch, it's professional, like it's it's mind blowing. And then just to be on that ice, you know, cranking your neck to look up at the jumbotron and stuff. Which is like, a jumbotron. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So a lot of people don't know there's actually TVs underneath of it that we use to look at because to look straight up at the really? at the big screen, it's actually you actually really have to look up. So, so
0: what are the TVs? In, what do you mean TVs? So underneath? there's
1: like underneath the jumbotron, there's actually TVs pointing towards the benches. Okay because when you're in the neutral zone to look up at the like the actual scoreboard in the video you actually like really have to look up so you actually just look underneath and there's giant TVs under there pointing towards the benches so no kidding yeah. with the
0: score and like yeah, video score, replays
1: and everything uh videos on there penalties and everything so yeah it's pretty cool how many
0: times <laughs> how many times after play do you look up and go uh usually oh, yeah, that's okay that's a nice angle of it
1: yeah usually i like to look Cause usually I have the, I'll have the puck waiting for, you know, everyone to come for face. That's right. And stuff. Yeah. So I'm supposed to be watching the players and making sure nothing's happening and everything's good. Uh, I like to always look after penalties are called. Um, a lot of times the referees always, you know, we're a team out there. So they always ask like, Hey, did you get a look on that? Or, you know, what our thoughts was. So I always like to try and have a look of what the penalty was. Usually they show the penalty replays, but honestly i I probably peek up more just like after I grab the puck from the goalie and go stand at the dot, just watching replays and stuff. And very rarely do they show replays of offside calls or icings. So there's not really ever ever those for us, but or big hits or anything like that. Right? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, how far do you travel? You you mentioned driving six yeah. hours, that kind of thing. So like you're in Edmonton right now, yeah. correct? Yeah. living in So Edmonton. your home rink is Rogers yeah. Place whenever there's dub games going yeah. on, that kind of thing. Where is your radius? Where are you traveling to?
1: Yeah, so for us, the way the Western League works with officials is the referees usually travel throughout the league, um, and then linesmen usually have a territory that they usually take care of. Some places like remote, like Prince George, will have a couple, a couple locals, and then usually one linesman will travel in or something. But so I, I usually get up to Prince George a couple times a year. Uh, How but, far is it? Uh, Prince George is, I think it's like eight-hour drive. So usually we'll go up for like a Friday Saturday or Saturday night Sunday afternoon or something. Um,
0: You're getting your travel
1: paid. Yeah, for, so I yeah, think? we get mileage and mileage DM and stuff. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. whatnot, hotels and whatnot. So, uh, but then most most of my games are Edmonton Red Deer, um, Calgary Lethbridge. Yep. Okay. You know, once Calgary Lethbridge, there's. Do a you lot of guys ever
0: there, but... get bus legs? I I and uh, for people, uh, most people know what bus legs are, yeah, but as sure. a player. You you travel for eight hours on a bus. Yeah. You're cramped, and then you yeah. gotta kind of pull yourself out of that to get your yeah. body skating. Heck, it I even happens at senior level. Oh, for I sure, yeah. ride in a bus for well, when we get a bus, we like minutes I, out I, to Hillman. That's right. No, I was thinking <laughs> Metal Lake this year. Metal Lake was two two and a bit, right? And the yeah. old body just oh, doesn't sure, remember yeah. that anymore. Um, I wouldn't say
1: it's so much bus legs. Um, we do go up to Prince Albert a lot, so it is a long drive. Um, I would say it's more mentally trying to get in into the game um that's the hardest part every official has their pre-game thing you know you stretch for a bit play wall ball et cetera, et cetera. but I'd say the hardest thing is to flip that switch from you know staring at a road for six and a half hours to getting in game mode getting into game speed and stuff and making sure you're on point I'd say that's that's the hardest thing with the travel
0: here's here's a here's a question for you we were talking about the Stanley Cup finals uh yeah, just yep. passed right, and the yep. hand pass <laughs> I knew you that never pass this. got <laughs> never got saw, and the yep. game happens so bloody yep. fast, yep. right? And then, well, they score and whatever happens, yep. and it doesn't get called back, and then you know the social media just absolutely yep. destroys a guy. Yeah. What would it? What would be the biggest thing any league could do to help refs? Video,
1: and. When I say video, it's not have video review for every call. Um, video review for the most important calls in a game. Uh, you look at football, you know, every touchdowns reviewed, every um So reviewed. By, review.
0: sorry reviewed by you guys? So uh, every goal reviewed or have a guy sitting in the stands? So, yeah, or? so kind of
1: a little bit the way Western League works is we do have a video goal judge at every game. Um, so we can initiate a review on that. They can, on goals, they look at every goal. And we actually don't drop the puck till they give the thumbs up or whatnot. That certain situation, we actually have a rule for that in the Western League. So we would have been able to review that. We would have been able to initiate a review and saw that a hand pass led directly to a goal. Um, and I think they've actually now changed the rule to allow that. But honestly, the the way that the NHL is going with like coaches challenges and stuff like that, I think it would be you know pretty easy just to have like a tablet in there. You watch... I watched two and a half NBA games in my life when the Raptors were in the finals. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know, they, a ball goes out of bounds in the last two minutes and they double-check to make sure the clock's right, right? Um, so it's, it's...
0: Typical Canadian. Yeah, I'm gonna, gonna,
1: yeah we all watch the Raptors for a few games in the finals. So, I mean, there's, a, there's such a fine balance of over-video review and over-analyzing game and just letting it happen, right? But at the end of the day, you got to think, like, there's millions and billions of dollars on the line for all these calls, right? So if we can avoid having these errors, then let's do it. But at the same time, we got to keep the fans engaged. We got to keep everyone engaged. So it's easy for me to sit here and be like, oh yeah, just throw a video review in and it'll be good or easy for fans to say, right? But at the end of the day, it's 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 more into that. It's the players' perspective and the coaches and GMs and owners and stuff, right? So in my opinion a quick little video review, five minutes, or it would have taken 30 seconds to see a video and they could have easily waved it off, right? So I can't fault the NHL just because, I mean, they're there for a reason, but... Yeah.
0: How how much has... Because uh, you obviously started um, before the craziness of social media got going. Yeah. How much has social media, or maybe all the camera angles, yeah. changed how... You guys go about your business. 100 percent.
1: It's, I mean, you see some of the the reviews that got done, even in baseball, like you know, a play at first base, a catch that's out, he's out or safe by like an inch, an right? inch, and yeah. everyone says that's not what it was intended to do. But we have the best cameras in the world now. Like you can see, you can zoom in so far, and again, it's down to that billions of dollars worth of a call, right? So it's frustrating from our standpoint because when a call's half an inch offside or, you know, half an inch good and you call it, say, for example, right? Like, there's nothing you can do about it, but the coach has someone in their ear already telling them that that was the wrong call or, you know, we don't get to see it till we get into the dressing room. We don't get to see it till after the game usually, right? So, it's not, it's almost one-sided, right? Like, everyone else gets to see it 18, 15 times. From 12 different angles. Uh, But we have to make the call based on what we see. And at the end of the day, there's, you know, there's eight sets, four sets of eyes out there. And that's, that's all that we get to do. We don't get to, we were it in our mind. Right. So
0: here's, here's we're talking uh You bring up baseball. So yeah. they've been talking about this baseball, the baller bot. Yeah. So it says, I was reading about, I'd heard about this like a week ago, right? And it's just yeah. serendipitous, I think is the word that you come <laughs> on now, right? Big but word for you. <laughs> it says to the casual observer, the game likely looked like any other. They're talking about a independent league used uh, behind home plate. Gotcha. A, yeah. What they call a baller ball. Yeah. So it says to the casual observer, the game likely looked like any other, with a human umpire standing where an umpire always stands. However, if they look closely, they'd see that uh, Brower, the guy uh, behind home plate, was wearing an Apple AirPod in his right ear and had an iPhone in his back pocket. Those devices communicated with the stadium's Trackman technology, which uses radar to follow each pitch from the moment it leaves the pitcher's hand. And then that's what called, and all he did mm-hmm. was make the motion. Gotcha. And anytime it does say that it went out twice in there. Yeah. So then he just went back to refing. Yeah. What's your thoughts on that? I And I know that can't, well, maybe it could be pulled over to a hockey, but hockey's fat. Like, I mean. Oh, for sure, yeah. Right?
1: And I'd say like the equivalent to the balls and strikes in baseball is like whether the puck crosses the line in, in hockey, right? And I think they're doing chips in the puck and stuff now to see that. Like, yeah. I think soccer has it now that the once the ball fully crosses it signals the ref. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um so I think eventually it will happen. Do I agree with it? No. Um the reason being is it's kinda like union work we do. <laughs> the more technology, the less jobs there might be for us. But really at the end of the day, it all comes back to having the right call at the end of the day. So,
0: if you had if you had a little earbud, yeah, and the only thing it's ever gonna do, well, maybe it's only yeah. one ref that has it, because yeah. I mean the offsides are happening too. Oh, for sure, yeah. But then again, maybe. I'm just thinking, what are the big things in in hockey, right? Yeah. Like, if it's a goal, if you had an earpiece in and they yeah. just said, yeah, it's a good goal. All yeah. you got to do is you 100%. don't have to slow down the game yeah. for anything.
1: Yeah. So they, I mean, they kind of do that now. Uh, so we don't, re- like, like I said, we do review every goal, but we, at the end of the day, they just, we wait till they give us the thumbs up or not. Yeah. And then if they do have to take longer, then they put the ref on the phone and stuff. But,
0: um, I do think. Do you, uh, do you ref any other sports or just specifically just hockey? hockey. Yeah, yeah.
1: Just hockey. Uh, I just don't have time. Yeah. 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 With the job Absolutely. And, stuff, and but, I, I yeah. bet your summers are used to kick <laughs> yes. back a little bit. Yeah. But, uh, I mean. I think there's technology out there that we can use. I think actually in Europe and stuff, when you watch like World Cup, they all have uh, earpieces that they can talk to each other on the ice. I think that'd be a really, really cool aspect that we could use. Um, little things like if a ref doesn't have a good look on something, right? We can just say, "Hey, yeah, yeah," or you can offer your opinion before a whistle or whatever. Yeah. Um, I think that would be the next step. Uh, I'm not sure what leagues would be willing to do that. Um, but I think yeah even in like world juniors and stuff when you watch on tv they have them or world championships I think they do use it so I think it'd be cool I mean in football I think they use it because the field's so big so they can talk to each other but I think it's it's soon gonna happen I just don't know when so and again as soon as that happens there's so many rules that come involved into it and when you can use it and what you can use it for yeah. and stuff so because really at the end of the day like linesmen can only call my major penalties right so you can't you can't Have the ability for them to call minor penalties and stuff, so you got to kind of keep keep the rules the same in line with hockey and stuff.
0: So, in your short time refing, yeah, uh, how's the speed of the game changed? What you guys do? Because I mean. Uh, every year it seems like that goes yeah. by the game gets just a little more skilled and a little oh, faster yeah. and it's less about having the big fourth line guy who's going to yeah. pummel somebody so you yeah. need the big linesman in there to break it up 100 yeah, and more about like it is fast quick yeah. you got to be on your toes
1: yeah and that's the biggest i'd say that's the biggest transition to the game and that's why i think we're seeing so many of these big hits and you know big head checks is the game's so fast the guys are able to change direction so fast that when a guy's lining up to make a hit, they're lined up square and then the guy makes a quick move and then that's when his head's exposed or something, right? So it's it's the game is so much faster, everything happens faster, the plays happen faster, and at the end of the day it's really making it harder for us too, right? Like we see these big hits and we only get one look. We get four different angles from the four officials on the ice and we have to base the call on that, right? So
0: Would having video with something like that be like way like big time beneficial or would it not? I think
1: it, the tricky thing with that is then, like, the way way I look at it is as soon as you put in a rule to review something, how many times is that going to question, right? So every single hit that happens, coaches are going to be like, oh, take a look at that hit, take a look at this hit, right? So I think it's, obviously, we see the major that was called in the NHL, and everyone talks about how you can avoid it and stuff, but really, I mean, a quick 20-second review could could help that but at the end of the day if that rule is not in place you have to do what what we have to do and there's only four angles to look at it so we have to base it off that
0: what is the toughest calls you guys have to make like what what's is it goals that are tough or is it the hits the fast hits like you're kind of like uh i would say
1: you can miss a hit like if if you guys if we make a wrong call on a hit or if you know we make a wrong judgment call on a hit it can slide by or you know there's supplemental discipline that can take care of a suspension or something but at the end of the day if you miss a goal that's 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 going to make or break an official's career right as soon as you miss a goal you know sometimes that sticks with that official for for their life or something right so
0: man that's a fine line to walk isn't oh, it oh for
1: sure yeah i mean when we when we instruct clinics and when we instruct guys at camps to, you know, up and comers and stuff, the biggest thing we preach is you can't miss goals. The most important thing is a goal in a game and you have to be able to be in position to make that call. So it does put a lot of pressure on us, but at the end of the day, most, you know, I'd say of a hundred goals, maybe five or six are questionable. Right. So, you know, take those odds into consideration as well. But it's, I would say the goals are definitely the most, important part of the game to, yeah. get, to
0: get right um so you're reffing uh whl that's it
1: uh no. so i actually do uh used to be called cis it's u sports now okay yeah u sports u sports yeah. and uh so the golden bears golden bears yeah oh yeah so, yeah actually i got the chance to do the u sport nationals this year down in lethbridge no kidding uh so that was how was really cool. that that was really cool uh I would say that hockey is, you know, when you get two good teams, it's. I would say it's better than Western League hockey sometimes. Uh, you get guys that have graduated from Western yeah. League, and, you know, the U of A is like an all-star team. U of S is really good. That's probably the biggest rivalry that I do. Do ref is the U of A versus U of S. Um, those games are wild. But, uh, yeah, that that hockey's phenomenal. And uh, at Nationals, you get the top eight teams at it and it's the speed of it and you know how crisp but it's like when at, at the end of the day it's not junior anymore right they're men they're 20 yeah. 21 to
0: 20 32 years or old yeah, some of them, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. some of them go play
1: pro and come back and, and come play back. or whatever yeah. so um yeah that's that that league's really good um but then i do do ajhl as well um senior AAA. Which I believe they said they folded this year. So
0: yeah, senior AAA um, in Alberta yeah, is is folded. So I do I well actually that. in this in Saskatchewan and Alberta. Yeah. it's really so, taking
1: a yeah. a kicking. Yeah, um, so not sure what's gonna happen to that. But then and a little bit of ACAC hockey as well. So, oh okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so
0: who uh, so you'd be doing AC-CB like Spruce? B- uh, no, sorry, AJ like Spruce Grove that kind
1: of thing in Edmonton. We take care of Camrose, Spruce Grove, Drain Valley, Whitecourt.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. There's Short Park.
1: Uh, where else is up there? We do come out to Lloyd and Bonneville a little bit, so, yeah. And that'd keep you busy, then? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm usually doing... How many the, how many
0: games you ref in the winter? Yeah, I, I mean, ballpark.
1: Yeah, usually a month. It's usually between 8 and 12 um, a month, so really it really doesn't seem like a lot, but at the end of the day, when you think there's only four weekends, bulk of the games are on those weekends and the odd weekday games, so two games a weekend, um, and then the odd scattered in throughout the week, so especially with a full-time job there's not much time for anything so
0: here's a question for you then how how do you make the jump to the next level I mean obviously you got to be good I I think everybody gets that yeah but how do you get to where if you can do reffing full-time I assume that's what you're trying to yeah eventually yeah how do you get to the next level and obviously reffing on the big stages is going to help right because I assume you're getting I assume refs get scouted and maybe you can talk a little bit about that yeah for sure um,
1: um yeah, I think the biggest difference with us compared to like a player or something is usually we're on our own, right? We don't have agents talking on our behalf. We have to kind of make those relationships to better ourselves. We have to you know be in good standings with our leagues we do. We have to be in good standings with, you know, the people that assign our hockey, right? To make sure they're giving us those games. But then when you are doing those games, you got to make sure that uh You know you're going out there and doing the best you can so that when there is that spot available then your name's in contention for it so um, it's so I'd say the biggest thing with with officials it's all timing Um, who's retiring where their spots available people are willing to move or stuff so with with for me I'd say the biggest thing is just like keep working out keep getting in good shape and staying at the peak level and eventually you know You'll get the odd better. Let's keep getting different assignments and stuff and then kinda of go from there. So it's so much of a lot of it is who you know and who's in your back pocket and who who likes you and everything. You
0: so. get I got a I got a couple questions that come out of there then. Yeah. So when a refing position comes open, yeah. do you apply for it like a job? No.
1: Thing? No. So it's uh, it's it's kind of weird. So like every year basically every league looks at Their roster, who's returning and what spots are available. And then they have a list of these are the guys that would be capable, who do we like, kind of thing. So in Edmonton, I'm part of the, or it's called the senior committee. So we make the decisions for all the local hockey. So major triple A, junior B, uh, senior A, senior double A, and ACAC and AJHL linesmen. So we kind of every year we look at who's retiring, who's moving and then see how many spots are available and then take a look at our roster. And all throughout the years, you know, everyone gets supervised, everyone gets seen, and then you kind of look at that roster and be like, I think these three or four people would fill that spot the best. And then, you know, you bring them into training – or not training camp, but exhibition games and, you know, go watch them and make sure that they're capable of doing it. So,
0: Why linesmen and not (laughs) – and. Yeah, that's why linesman and not yeah, the main official.
1: I get that all the time. I mean it's the way the officiating side works, it's weird is usually when you get to that elite level you have to kinda of pick a pick which which side you're not which side, but which job you're gonna do, I guess. When I was living in it in Lloyd here, I was actually, you know, I was refing mid to triple A, junior B and senior while linesing it at the same time, but here there's not as many as officials to hockey so you kind of got to do that but once you get to Edmonton there's such a there's such a good group of officials there that you know some have been ref. some usually about that midget triple a level you kind of have to decide or it's decided for you if you're a better referee and linesman and then you just go with it so for me growing up in Lloyd I eventually had to move to Edmonton. Um I knew I'd be able to get in better as a linesman there um, I'd done a couple tournaments in there in in Edmonton while I was still living here um so they knew who I was yeah they knew how good how good of a linesman I was so they were able to you know know when I moved up what leagues I could do and thankfully I you know I was continued doing AJ once as soon as I moved up there and stuff so um it's also being 6'4 and you know 220 pounds you you're almost suited better as a, as a linesman right nowadays it's not as important but uh you know it's kind of it's kind of a you're almost told yeah but you i you know you make the decision as well so i think eventually like now i'm at the point where you know i might transition into some reffing starting at the you know go back to the you know maybe mid to at AAA levels or in junior b and get back into refing some hockey as well but at the end of the day, it's getting busier with me and the other leagues I'm doing. I'm doing more and more games, so will I have time for that? Who knows? <laughs> Who
0: knows? Yeah, 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 yeah. Here's a question. Yeah. In the off Yep. Yeah. I mean, you've been on the ice with, I mean, the dub, yeah. the U-Sport Nationals, yeah. right? I believe you've done the Royal Bank Cup, which yeah. is the Nationals for Junior A hockey. Yeah. That is very good hockey. Yeah. So what do you do in the off season? uh do you refs or is it just on you right the, uh, yeah. athletes today man they are busy with uh oh, for sure. what they yeah. how they train dry land they're always on the ice trying yeah. to get better the things they eat and put in their body right like it is yeah. impressive Oh, for sure. Yeah. What do you guys have to do? Because I mean, you can't be just a slow guy out there, oh, right? For sure, you got to yeah. be able to move. You got to <laughs> be able to get up to the lines. Yeah. And you're rapping some of the best hockey in the yeah. country. What 100%. do you guys do to um, stay at that level?
1: Yeah, I'd say for us, it's more. Uh, honestly, at the end of the year, we're we're so exhausted. I know it sounds like cliche, like oh the players are exhausted too and stuff, but we, for me, I love just airing my gear out after that last game, zipping it up and throwing it in the closet for, you know, two, three months. Okay. Um, I still work out and stuff and, you know, stay in shape and, you know, do little things to keep my legs going and, you know, stay in that hockey mindset. But um, usually I don't, I try not to skate anymore. Right. I used to, you know, when I was up and coming and not that I'm not up and coming, but um, you know, when I was younger, I would, you know skate you know once a month or something or go out and do a couple camps and stuff but nowadays it's more of just relaxing and enjoying the time at home because you know as soon as september hits it's it's back to that grind of traveling and you know not being at home and not seeing your wife for you know a couple times or a couple days in a row or something and and stuff so you you, you kind of cherish that time away from the rink You don't Um, do,
0: uh, you don't ref like spring hockey or, I don't know. No, I used to.
1: Yeah, I used to. Actually, when I was in Lloyd here, I used to do the, that's when they first started that. Was it the Border Stars or something? Yeah, Border Stars, yeah. I would go do that. And, but honestly, it's like walking into the rink in shorts and flip flops. It's like, I would way rather be in a a different place than than in the rink in summer, right? So it's, (laughs) it's it almost, I enjoy not being at the rink and being disengaged because it gets me excited to get back to To get back. So it's like, you know, you go through the year, you get through January and February, you know, it's like minus 30, you're traveling and it's snowstorms, and you're just like, God, is this season over yet? But then, you know, it hits March, April and it's playoffs, right? So you, you get excited and you know, it's sunny and you're driving to the rink and it's a big game, it's playoffs and you get excited. And then all of a sudden it's like, April end of April and like beginning of May and you're like oh god is this season over yet right but at that time it's so hard to get like that because the hockey's so good at that time right so and then summer hits you relax and then you just you start back in this in this in the spring or fall I
0: guess what is the hmm I think I want what is the craziest atmosphere you've ever been a part of like just like yeah, was, you're you're sitting in there and you're like holy frick is this <laughs> place going off right uh, now. Three,
1: three really come to my mind. Okay. First one, I'd say, would be Prince Albert this year. Uh, you were Raiders. reffing the finals so this year. I, did, I was lucky enough to get selected to do finals this year up in PA. Um, I was actually up in PA, I'd say, I think I was five or six times this year for playoffs. Edmonton finally made the playoffs this year, and I didn't even get to do a game in, the, no <laughs> in their yeah. own rink. But, yeah. um, uh, but honestly, I couldn't have been happier to be in a better rink. Have you been in that rink before?
0: Uh, years ago, yeah. yeah, years ago when Wade With, was playing for Brandon. That's, gotcha. That's yeah. how long if, ago it if was. If you've
1: been in that rink, it's it's. I think it's actually the smallest rink in the Western League. but yeah. The atmosphere in the playoffs is something I've honestly never felt before. It's you you stepped on the ice to do your opening laps before everyone is on there, and like you could feel the noise in your body. Uh, PA would come out, and it was honestly like your the hair on your back and your neck was standing up, and like you felt that like your heartbeat was racing cause it was so loud and it just pierced you. But, and then, you know, they would score and it was just absolutely wild. Yeah. Um, that would be, I would say that's probably the most outrageous atmosphere I've been in. Another really cool one, um, was my first, I'd say biggest game of my career. Um, I actually got the chance to lines for Connor McDavid for a game. Um, that was back when the Oilers rookies used to play the, Golden Bears in an exhibition game. Uh, so it was after the year that McDavid got drafted to the Oilers, and he yep, you know, he's everyone, playing. Living in Edmonton, everyone's all hyped up about the Oilers and everything, right? So um, <clears throat> that assignment was really cool. And they actually they used to play, always played at the U of A rink. With all the hype, they actually played at Rexall. That was uh, he played his first year there. Um, so that was I was I went out, and I think there was fourteen thousand people there at that game or something. And I was so nervous skating around the, the opening lap. It was, uh, you know, you're just like, don't fall, don't fall in front of all these people, right? But um, that was actually... How
0: was how was Connor McDaniel it was, on ice?
1: It's, seeing him on TV, he looks fast. But honestly, being on the ice, he's so good at like, you know, you, you, I almost got stuck a couple of times just watching him. But he's so good at just like following the play, kind of floating around. And then all of a sudden, like the puck comes to him and he's like, bang, gone. And I remember one play, I think a D-man chipped it out and he was just kind of hovering on the neutral zone. And him and the, the D-man took off at the same time and he just literally blew by him and went in on a breakaway. And it was like, I was just like amazed. I was like, holy crap, this guy's fast. But yeah, that was it was really cool. I don't know if it was cool just being out there with him, but just being in that rink with all those people was, was really cool. Excuse me and then I'd say the third one is was actually this year too is uh in in Brooks actually for the, Royal R- Bank the RB Cup? R- or, it or used to be called RBC but the RBC the, they call it the N Jack now so there was no sponsor this year not sure what happened there
0: It's called uh, the what
1: so they the New National Junior A Championship so they called it the N Jack <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that Yeah they I don't know what happened with the sponsorship but above my pay grade so, no that's above um, pay yeah, grade. It's, okay so they call it the NJAC this year I found that out this year but um, I got s- selected to do the final which was which was awesome and uh, Brooks was in the final and that that town is just such a hockey town such a such an amazing junior a uh, I don't I think it's a city and uh, the crowd was phenomenal and, and to be able to be out there and Brooks actually won, won the final as well so To see that in in their
0: home rink and stuff was really cool. Pardon the interruption, folks, but here is your IHD innovative question that can uh, get you in the draw for two tickets to Ravine October 2nd. He is the hypnotist at Vic Juba, coming to Vic Juba October 2nd. So here's your question. How many officials are on the ice during an NHL hockey game? Nice and simple for you. You got the answer either send it to Sean Newman podcast at gmail.com or hit me up on Twitter Instagram or Facebook with the answer and you're automatically entered into the draw all right nice and simple now back to the show what is maybe hmm thinking like the coolest moment you've experienced I don't I don't know if that's maybe like um, a couple ideas popped to mind right like yeah. uh we, we we talk about how much refing refs get a uh, scrutinized and players are rough on you and everything. Is there ever been a player or a coach or a fan or anyone just like make you go, oh, that was that was pretty cool or nice or? Uh...
1: I think uh, what kind of comes to mind there is um, I actually it was fortunate to get selected for when it was called the RBC here in Lloyd. Okay. Um. So I was raffing in Edmonton got selected for it that year and um just by chance that Lloyd was hosting and honestly to come back into like your hometown and to walk around the rink and see all the people that you know you grew up with their kids or um you played hockey with their kids and they were a parent on the team or you know it's a friend you've made from high school or you know a job in the city and or even someone your parents knew right and just have all those people come up to you and be like show interest in like kind of what you were doing and like how amazed they were at it when it's like kind of second nature to us like oh yeah just you know another tournament or you know just another game but they were just to see those people like so amazed at that and honestly it was just, it was so cool to talk to everyone and like just for them to see kind of where you've come from when you know you were refing them or they used to coach a team that you ref back in Pee Wee or something right so that was a really cool experience and actually being with some of the guys for that tournament they were annoyed walking around the rink with me because I'd almost have to stop every 10 steps and talk to someone you know hockey is in Lloyd right so local it's a celebrity town, right yeah. so um I don't want to like float my own boat but um it was just <laughs> that moment, that tournament really stuck out to me, and you know, my parents live here, my brothers live here, so yeah. they were able to come out and watch a bunch of games, and it was just, it was just a really cool experience to be back where you know where you started and everything, and be able to like, for us compete on that stage, really. Right.
0: So. Talking about your start, did you in the coach <coughs> co- or in the coaching in the refing world, did you have a bit of a mentor or somebody who helped guide you, help? Uh, I don't know. I always look at uh, people that helped you advance and maybe insulated you or were able to answer some tough questions or gave you some really good advice early on. Is there something that sticks out there?
1: I would honestly say it's just all the guys that you ref with, right? So the way, like, we don't get to go practice, right? We don't get to, well, we could if we wanted to, but we don't go out and just practice reffing. We don't go out and, you know, practice this and that with our game when we practice it's during a game so you know coming into a dressing room after a game or after a period and you know one of your when I first started like an older guy that's been refing for 20 years you know tell you a tip or something right like that right but um I'd say you know when I first started Dion Pollard he's a well-known referee here um he always pushed for me he always I remember going up into Edmonton my I think it was my second year in the AJ and like he always traveled up into Edmonton to ref up there, and you know he fought for me to go and do a game in the North Final up there um, in my second year, and you know he fought for me to go do tournaments in that zone and stuff, and he really pushed me forward. But honestly, all the guys, it's kind of different out here. Some people don't know is all the referees are assigned for Junior B and Senior in this in this zone, but then the referees get to pick their linesmen. So, you know, you gotta be good with in good books with certain referees and they always called you to go do games and they would always help you out and you know give you tips and tricks and stuff and you honestly just take everything that everyone says to you and kind of just go with it and if you don't agree with it you just kind of nod your head and say yeah I'll try it and then you try it out if you don't like it you don't use it and it's such a unique group that we all just kind of work together and try yeah to, as much as we're competing to you know, get finals and get different leagues and make that next step. At the end of the day, we're we're all a team out on the ice, and if we're not all performing at our best, then we're not the best. So, if we can help out our partner and you know give them a tip on how to be better, then that's you know that's what we do. So,
0: what uh, what's next for Mister Dan Foster?
1: What's next? Yeah. Um, honestly, we just got the email last week to. We get our training camp going here right away, so um, I can't believe how fast it's coming. But uh, this year, just keep keep going at it. I'll be back in Edmonton refing, so um, just build off last year. Honestly, it's last year was probably the most success successful year I've had officiating. So it might be you know it might be worse this year, you know. for us it's tough because you know you get these tournaments and stuff but you only get these tournaments when they're out in your part of the country right? right so sometimes you know you get a run of you know three or four tournaments in a row and then you go a year or two without one right so it might seem like you're not doing as good but at the end of the day there's just not the opportunities so honestly just keep pushing and you know keep striving and for me personally I'd like to get into some like international tournaments or something like that um, I think that's probably the f- first next big step for me. Yeah. Um, you know, I've you ever made...
0: thought about going, I, I don't know how reffing works. Yeah. So do you, uh, clear this up for me? Yep. Yeah. Uh, have you ever thought about going over to Europe and I've, reffing or I've, is that not enough and you'd still need something more?
1: Yeah. You. It's been in my mind, but the issue is I've been successful here. So it's not like I need to escape to go somewhere. Yeah, that's yeah, right. right? fair enough. So yeah. that's kind of my thoughts. Like, I've heard of guys going over there being successful and everything I think Brent Ribers from Lloyd this area he's I think worked in the Swiss League or something for 10 or so years or whatever but yeah um, honestly it's it's been in my mind but it's never been something I've ever like thought of to go and do um, it's well, obviously it's a big change in everything right Yeah, so, and, it, and, yeah just, it, and again it's for officials you have to know people right we don't have someone like hey you can't call up your agent and be like hey i want to go ref here get me a contract right so um from that standpoint it's pretty tough
0: uh it's just interesting because i know as a hockey players right like you just go through the stages and then you know your options are you know north america yeah pro -pro, semi-pro senior back here now you can go over to europe right there's just so many avenues for sure curious on refs because i mean those leagues need refs too yeah. right yeah and if you're really really good at it 100 percent. then maybe there's the opportunity but like you say you yeah. don't have uh you're doing all your negotiating yourself yeah which and is like,
1: interesting and really when it kind of goes back to what i was saying is like if a league doesn't need anyone they're not going to bring anyone over to do that right because usually when you go do that leagues you know they'll pay for your living or you know they have to pay for you to come and stuff and yeah. you know it's a big expense so i mean there's obviously been some success stories of that, but it's no different than you know the American League or NHL, right? They they gotta pay for your visas to come down. They gotta pay for this and that yeah. for you, and you know it's a big investment for them. So, well, mean, it's, I, it's tough tough for them to just hey yeah come do it, right? So it's they gotta look at it's more at the end of the day, hockey is much of a game it is, it is a business as well. So,
0: look forward to seeing what the next <clears throat> couple of years because uh, I remember when you first lion's our game and i believe i talked to you at that time and you were trying to do it and i was like yeah. oh wow it'll be interesting to watch and now yeah. you see how far you've come from then oh, for sure doing senior hockey and home yeah. on no knock on senior hockey and home no, on i it's think it's spectacular but to be in the whl and yeah. doing national championships and yeah. refing connor mcdavid which that's pretty cool right <laughs> yeah um it'll be interesting to see what the next few years bring oh, in sure. if there's a uh, an opportunity to jump a level and, yeah. and carry on Um, I've kept you in here now for I think a little over an hour so I thought I'd get to a couple quick hitters before I let you get out of here I always ask uh, if you had a time machine where would you take (laughs) it what would you go view Oh man where 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 would you where's on your bucket list of things you would have loved to have seen honestly
1: oh man I don't even know That's a a deep question. I've been
0: been stumping a lot of people with that lately.
1: Honestly, what first came to my mind, and I don't know if it's because you see highlights of it all the time, would be like the 1972 Summit Series. Oh, yeah. Was it 72? I think it was 72, right?
0: Uh, With uh, Henderson?
1: Henderson scoring the goal, but not even seeing that goal, but like going with the team to Russia and like seeing how crazy the fans were over there. And like, I remember reading a book and how like how wild it was for them to go and see that. But like just going and seeing like a, the bird's eye view of like how those games played out back then and stuff. And like seeing how different the hockey was back then, I think would be really cool to see. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a deep question.
0: I'm going to tie onto that one a little <laughs> bit more. If you could ref. Yeah. Hmm, one game. Yeah. One game. Would it still be that? Would it be that game specifically? Or I don't think
1: it'd be that game specifically. I think it would I think, uh, yeah, I don't know. It, honestly, I think it'd just be a game in the NHL just to experience the atmosphere of an NHL game. Yeah. Uh, but a couple, like another one, would be like the was it the Boston fight in this crowd and stuff, and like couldn't even imagine being on the ice when like players were climbing into the crowd and, and hitting well, when, people. With their shoes. I always so. think
0: I, I always think of when Domi pulled the guy yeah, into the penalty too, right? box yeah. and starts thumping on him as yeah. a referee is going yeah, on
1: 100 so yeah you don't we don't see much like behind the scenes or you know stuff that happens like that right so if you could
0: d- if you could pick uh three officials three how many of you it's four man system right
1: most of the stuff i do now is four man yeah
0: so if you could have three other refs going with yeah. it, it can be in the it can be anyone yeah. would it be like carrie fraser pull him out of or, or do you have a dream team? <laughs>
1: um, I would say probably linesman would be, my partner would be Ray Scampanillo. Um, I just remember seeing him, and I've read his book, and I don't think that guy missed a single game due to injury or anything. And I think I remember in that book, he, he got his finger cut. He went and got s- stitches and came back in or whatever. <laughs> but uh, Bill McCurry always uh, stood out to me. Um, I remember he ref the 2010 game in the Olympic finals, Canada, U.S., um and then i would say even uh oh frick what's his name well, i just drew a blank oh man why can't i remember his name
0: uh who's the guy who skates up and has yeah. the mic and goes it's no goal and yeah that's the big show i can't show. think of his who name right now that's the guy you're thinking Yeah. About?
1: Huh. Oh, man. I just had his name and then I said Bill McCurry. That guy would be awesome. Yeah, 100%. Awesome. I think, and I've heard stories because obviously we've, I've met some NHL guys, NHL officials, and, you know, he start telling stories and stuff and they say he's just like a goofball and like just, and honestly, like when I see him referee, that's, I like to be like that. Like I like to have fun on the ice at the end of the day, right? I, I like to joke around with players. And like I said earlier, as a linesman, you're involved with the players a lot more so honestly you get to know them like almost on a personal level right so it was actually it's actually cool I was I've seen your posts or the podcasts and stuff and all the players you've had is I think I've pretty much refed almost every one of them yeah and to be able to ref all those guys and like you know some of them I worked with at the golf course and stuff right so you know them on a personal level and then you go out and you you see them competing and you know they're a different person on the ice and and stuff but it's it's such a cool aspect and just have fun and you know at the end of the day we're all humans out there having fun right yeah playing a game that everybody enjoys as as serious as it can be at times and obviously you need to know when to pick your battles and pick your times to you know be serious or laugh around at the end of the day if you're not having fun doing it then what's the point of doing it so
0: yeah yeah. if you could party with one celebrity who would you pick (laughs) oh jeez um
1: oh man celebrity hey
0: movie star or what anyone hey well i don't i don't, I don't know. even I, know i i usually leave it so open-ended and yeah. then i had I, <laughs> this will be the fourth time in a row i talk about kenny morrison but i had i i started to have to like i just left it open that yeah. way celebrity could be anyone yeah but if you don't make it specific, old Kenny had me in getting me tongue tied cuz I had to like drill down and give him exactly. Oh man. So I'm saying uh, a celebrity. I I, I don't, it can be an NHL superstar. It can be uh yeah. Hollywood. I my brain when I think celebrity, I always think of Hollywood. Yeah, for sure. But at the same time, that doesn't mean
1: Oh, that I don't for even you. know. Honestly, I I look at like when I think celebrity, I see, always like think of like music artists and stuff. I, I don't know why his name keeps coming in my head, but I just, because I think we I just went to him last weekend, but Garth Brooks, I don't think it would be a crazy party. But one thing with him is his band has been together for like 30 years or something, 25 years. So like just to see like what they do on a day-to-day basis. Would be a lot of fun. Yeah, and like it's probably seems pretty lame to say that, but man, those guys are probably party harder than any of us could imagine, so yeah, I don't know. I think he's just stuck in my head from seeing him last weekend.
0: Yeah, but Garth, yeah, and Garth would be a guy to go out with. Yeah. So, who is the? You said McDavid, but if we were to yeah. scratch McDavid off, who is the most talented hockey player you've seen while reffing? Hmm.
1: I'd probably say. Uh, I'd probably say uh, Kale McCarr. Um, oh yeah. He, I reffed him. He actually, I think he won the MVP at the. 2016 rbc here in lloyd um and then i think he actually won it the next year as well Um, but hands down most talented most like composed player i've ever seen obviously it helped that he was like on the best junior a team i've ever seen too with brooks with brooks the program they have going is, is phenomenal but he i remember doing him in the finals that year and he just would like in the AJ finals. And he would honestly just like, as soon as he gets the puck, he just, everything like slows down and he just like, bang, bang, bang. And like every time he's on the ice, there's a scoring chance. And actually to see him, you know, succeed and get to the NHL level so fast from, you know, junior A hockey in in Alberta, it was really cool to see. And like, you know, it's happening more and more from, from that level. Um, I think there's just so much exposure and, you know, scouts and stuff get the scouting jobs, but, yeah, it's he honestly was a game changer, and probably the quietest guy I've ever officiated. Like, never said a word or anything. It was crazy, but yeah, definitely probably the best player I've ever seen on the ice.
0: Scratch off, Rogers Place. Yeah. What is the nicest rink you've ever gone to?
1: Ooh, it's a good one. Um, I'd say junior A level um i'd say brooks is probably one of the top in the aj yeah um just you know state-of-the-art facility western league um nicest hey um there's so many nice ones like you look at you know calgary like this the saddle dome, obviously it's you know it's an older rink but it's still it's an an nhl NHL facility um you know red deer has a really nice rink for junior a hockey but um i actually had a chance last year to go out to uh do two games out in the queue on like a on a program a camp weekend and the was rink out there i can't think pretty sure that's what it was called it was like honestly like a pro rink and it was it was so cool to see some of those rinks out there but yeah there's there's a bunch i've been to but Definitely been
0: to some dives as well. <laughs>
1: some character rinks, that's for sure.
0: What is the most random place that refing has taken? Yeah, like? I
1: actually I actually made a note in my phone of this one that, that comes to <laughs> mind. So I think it was like back in 2009, 10, or 11. All those years blur together now that it's so long ago. But I remember we went out. I was with two older guys. Um, it was a senior, I think it was a senior D provincial finals in Saskatchewan. So I was in Looseland, Saskatchewan, and I don't know if have you ever been to that rink out there. It's can never
0: say I've been to Looseland, Saskatchewan. It's but honestly, you're throwing a shout out to guys like Joel <laughs> Bud who came yeah, from Looseland. Yeah,
1: hundred percent. And um, that rink is probably the smallest rink I've ever been into, and probably the most fun I've ever had in a game. Like the circles in the end zone are like pretty sure they're like four feet smaller. on the whole diameter and stuff and like the hash marks were like two inches on the outside of the circles but like they were touching the board so like the guys lining up for faceoffs were actually like standing in the circle right but i mean they had like that place just absolutely packed like senior hockey in saskatchewan is is unreal yeah especially in those small towns right and i just that game like i i don't think i've ever been to Looseland other than for that game and it was so cool to see that
0: yeah (laughs) final one Yep. Uh, we do the game. Uh, you got to sign, trade, and buy one out. Okay. You being a Vancouver Canucks fan, <laughs> yes. I left uh, Pedersen off. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to give you Vertannin, Horvat, and Barchi. Okay. Uh, sign, trade, and what?
1: Sign, buy- trade, and buy one out. Uh, sign Horvat, you said, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, trade, Barchi, and buy out, Vertanen. Vertanen. Whatever you call it. I don't yeah. know. I might be
0: torturing <laughs> the name too, right? Yeah. Yeah, mm.
1: I'm not a huge fan of his, but
0: that's. Over Tannen? Yeah. Jake Vertanen? Yeah. Hmm. Isn't Barchi the one that's always hurt? Yeah. He's he's
1: kind of my kind of player, though. Nitty gritty.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right on. Well, I hope you enjoyed this. I really enjoyed having you yeah. on. I hope it ain't the last time because I am look forward to seeing where you go because oh, sure. I think at some point here you're going to be. Uh, making a living off of this and uh, yeah. probably talking to a lot more famous people than I certainly <laughs> am.
1: No, it was, honestly, it's I'm super happy I was able to and, you know, kind of share that side of the game that a lot of people don't see. And, yeah, I mean, whoever thought would it be 12 years ago that when I started reffing I'd be at this point and, you know, I would never have been at this level as a player and to go and do the games that I've done as able to do as a as a referee and everything it's it's I've, i'm so fortunate i'm so lucky i'm so blessed that i've been able to and you know to come and share some of those stories is, is yeah. an honor so
0: well and now you can uh, rub it in on your brother's yeah, too exactly. that you're the first one to come on the <laughs> podcast
1: yeah you'll have to bug the others to get them on maybe we'll have to do like a a, a brother's podcast a brother's podcast yeah. yeah yeah even maybe even throwing my sister in there she's <laughs> always seemed to be left out so uh but yeah it's it's having them as brothers and stuff it's switching to honestly switching to refing was I got a lot of flack from from the older brothers and even my dad too right I remember being at the rink and dad yelling at the refs again (laughs) right and so you know to be to be a ref in a family of in a hockey family and stuff it's it's not very I don't think it's usually do you get teased a little bit a little bit but I think they've seen kind of where I've gone and they've they've kind of shut up a little bit. so yeah. <laughs>
0: That's awesome. Yeah, well, so. best of luck here in the, in the upcoming season and uh, look forward to having you on again. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me. Hey, guys. Thanks for tuning in. That was a lot of fun sitting across from Dion. Um, <laughs> wish him the best of luck. Hope uh, hope to see him in uh, in the show soon enough so we can uh, heckle one of our own. Uh, next week on the podcast is Reed Wilkins uh, from Inside Sports 6:30, Chad in Edmonton. He does the Oilers post-game show. I had an absolute blast with him. I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. And uh, here's a little sneak peek at it. So enjoy, and we'll catch up to you next week. <laughs> well, the Oilers have done like a complete overhaul again, sort of. Sort well, coach and GM for important positions, yes. Uh, if you would ask me personally, probably five, six years ago, a guy I would have brought in would have been Ken Holland. Sure. Now he's been on the job for however many months. Yeah. What uh, have you noticed? Anything in your opinion that you're like, oh man, I don't mind that. Uh, well, that he traded Luch. I mean, that's I know that's an obvious answer, but I I, I never thought that would have happened. And not to actually, and he got a player despite last year, who should be productive. I mean, he didn't trade Looch for Louis Erickson, right, or a fourth-round draft pick because some other team decided they had to stay above the cap floor or something. That he actually pulled that trade off was pretty impressive to me. I think some of his other moves are interesting and have some potential.